Hi, it's the girl out there right here with you, and we are here in season three, coming together once a week to discuss all the ups and downs of life, as well as the in-betweens. That is what life is all about, the journey together. Every week you will be listening to stories um, from different guests, as well as some weeks, just the downloads that I receive and pop on in here with you. This is all energy. Everything is. And the more we can lean in to trust what that flow is, the more we actually realize we are truly connected by one invisible line. I am so excited uh, to to be here with you and to discover more from each person that is so vulnerable to share just a, a chapter of their life here with you. Perhaps that what you hear is really something that resonates with you, or perhaps too you think it will be beneficial for somebody in your life. Please share away pass this on to those around you. Maybe it won't be even for them, but intuitively you believe it might be useful for somebody that they know. The more these stories are heard, the more that this is um, passed along to others, the more we have the gift of sometimes laughter, sometimes silliness, and often bits of wisdom and knowledge. Have a wonderful day and enjoy this story. Hi, it's the girl out there right here with you. It's me, Cindy. And this week, I am here with Anna Mullins. Anna Mullins is here. I was going to say it wrong. No, you said it great. It's perfect. The joke is that I get them wrong every time. Um, So uh, it's so interesting, actually. I'm going to think about that. Is that I always only know people's first names. Isn't that so funny? Like even the closest people in my life. Um, So thank you so much for being here with me today. You and I, um, well, we've sort of been interwoven through uh, Instagram for quite a while. And then we got to meet each other in person. Funny how that works. um, At mom camp, um, a, a thing that we were both at a few months ago. And I, um, I just was blown away by listening to you speak as were so many people, well, everyone, but we all sort of just sat there um, and you just took the stage, obviously, as we're going to find out in this lovely podcast, that is what you do. Um, And you were telling a story, uh, a chapter of your life. And then you allowed us all to sort of create and share our own stories. Um, But what I loved was um, you were so solid um, in sharing that story, but also the way that you were able to allow people to see their own story when people were like, I don't have a story. And then you were like, you just were like, yeah, you do. And you just knew every single person um, had a story. They just needed somebody to shine a light on them. And um, it, it stuck with me because as people know, that's what I believe in. I just need, think people just need sometimes somebody to, to, to see them and then to help them 
um, pull it apart and and kind of get the muck out of the way for them to see. And the way, the gift that you have to do that is, it's incredible. Yeah, thank you for that. That's so kind. You know, it's just, it's just the truth. I always, I don't BS. <laughs> <laughs> I love the no BS approach. Yes. No, thank you for that. I really, it, it really means a lot. And I have had people say that to me over the years and it never gets old to be told that what you do uh, is resonating with people and that it is making an impact. And I, I had somebody say to me the other day, we were out, out to lunch with a friend and she said, I think you're channeling what you do. And I said, that's a great word for it because I've used that word from time to time in my life, but there is no other way to describe living in your purpose and doing what you are meant to do and understanding that there is a star somewhere that is shining down on you and saying, this is the message you need to bring to the world. And for me, storytelling is that star. Storytelling is the message and being able to see between the lines of people's life experiences and their behavior, their thoughts, their ideas, their actions, what's happened to them in their world, what they have created, what they're looking to create, sewing that all together and really creating the constellation is what I believe a story is. That's how we bring our stories together is sewing those pieces together and figuring out who are you with all of your experiences, all of your learnings. That's what you bring to the world the way I bring storytelling. That's what you're going to bring. And story is just the vessel by which we bring our purpose through. So thank you for all of that. That was a lot of woo-woo, but. No, I love it. <laughs> so we're going to go back a little bit to, well, who are you? But um, like who, how you came to see the star or find the star. And yes, I do believe that once you understand your purpose, we do channel, right? That's me and my guides and you and your guides. And suddenly, and for anyone who's seen you, it is basically like you're channeling a little bit, right? You kind of go into this solid state and you're just doing it. Um, and so it's the same as an artist or a singer or somebody when they're in that, they're in their purpose and they know. So um, I don't know if you're comfortable um, I didn't even give you your full intro. I apologize. You, a writer, um, a producer, um, and and more. It's, I've kind of blanked a little bit. You want to share a little bit about who you are right now, and then um, we'll go back to the 10 years ago, if you want to share a little bit about how you got to this piece. Yeah. So what I do right now, other than I was just sharing with you before we hit record here, that I am at the very tail end of a master's degree, which has... Yes really thrown my entire life and everything I do professionally into a bit of a loop. Uh, I did not see that one coming. I really did kind of like a type walk into a master's program thinking that I would be able to do it all and still be a wonderful full-time working parent and take care of two children and advocate for, you know, all of the things that you do as a mother. And, and I was uh, sorely mistaken. I cannot do all of those things. I am somewhat exhausted. So I think professionally, I, I was sort of apologizing to you at the top going like, right now I'm doing not much of anything because I'm so tired. But uh, at the at the core of it, I am a writer uh, and a producer. I'm a storyteller. Uh, I have produced some very major events. Um, the kind of more notable ones called Unapologetically Her, which was an International Women's Day event that went on annually for three years. Um, and I always like to say I did that with a team that was not just me. I created the idea and I produced the event, but I had a big team of wonderful women behind me working on that as well. 
Um, and now I do private coaching and communication. So I take people's stories and all of their experiences and the things we talked about earlier. And I put that on stage. I put that online. I take it offline and I help them sort of navigate some of their emotional stuff backstage with how do you change your own story? Um, how do you show up differently in the world with a new perspective? So all of that, I kind of merged together in my world. And yeah, I do a lot of really fun things, frankly. Yeah. But not, hard to explain a lot of them, but uh, I just under the umbrella of storytelling, if you have a story, I will help you tell it yes. online, offline or on stage. And, um, and so, and so, yes, and we're going to go into a little bit of that. How though, um, do you want to go back the, to the 10 years or 12 years? It was 2012, right? Your yeah, bit- 2012, I had like a really catastrophic event in my life. And I think mm-hmm. that turned the corner into what I'm doing now professionally and, and the life that I currently have. But um, I'll go back even a little bit further just to give some perspective before I hit that moment. I was uh, an early reader and writer. So I was reading, okay. writing, doing letters and stories and all kinds of things. When I was about 18 months old, I started to really develop a gift for language right away. And so I always knew I was a storyteller. I always knew that there was a little bit of a word star above my head. So anytime I saw letters or words, I would figure out how to make them into stories. And I was reciting poetry and performing in festivals by the time I was seven years old. I just loved language arts. I loved the art of storytelling. I loved performing. I loved a good microphone. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. From from day one, that was all it was a gift from the start. And so I have always known that about myself. I went on to do an English degree when I left high school. So I just sort of kept building on the blocks of language and storytelling early on in my life. Um, And then I was kind of dealt what I would consider my first real big emotional pivot. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was about 23, I believe. And it was a pretty terrifying and scary diagnosis back then. It was uh, quite invasive and it was a moment I will never forget being delivered that news, but I quite quickly dropped into my safety. I needed to ground myself in something that felt really secure. And I ended up taking a job in banking and finance of all things, which seems like Mars compared to what I was doing in my world. And it was not my immediate set of skills and talents, but I really found my way in corporate finance being a healer of people in a strange way. I would meet people in the office who had terrible financial trauma and they didn't understand. And I was able to communicate really high level financial news to them or information about the investment market. Uh, And I was able to communicate that so effectively that I was making really deep interpersonal connections with my clients and really thriving in that space. What I didn't know is that I was doing that because I was good with words and stories. I started to believe that I was a really great finance expert, but I was probably not. I was just able to translate that information in a way that was super digestible Mm. and bring it down to kind of mobilize that knowledge, so to speak, in a way that was 
easier for people to digest. They could understand what short and medium and long-term investments were and what mutual funds were just by virtue of the way I would tell the stories around them. So I became very, very comfortable in that career. I kind of climbed that corporate ladder. I started a family. I was doing all of the things that you do in your mid to late 20s. I was really, really happy with my life. And I was happy with the money that I was making in the world of finance. It was a, a really, you know, it's a great role that you can build in as people in banking will know, you kind of just keep getting more and more and higher and higher. And it feels really comfortable and your world is changing and you're buying your new homes and your new cars. Everything feels great. And then uh, I was given a promotion to a management position. And two months after I took that role, I was in quite a terrifying car accident on my way home from work. And that accident changed the course of the rest of my life. I ended up with terrible mental health issues, post-traumatic stress, all the dirty goodness that comes with that, hallucinations, flashbacks, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, dysregulation. I mean, we could talk forever about what PTSD does to the brain and to the body. And um, But my whole world changed over. I now live with chronic pain as a result of that accident, uh, but also chronic depression. So I'm in and out of you know, mood dysregulation all the time. And I had to create a whole other world for myself that was not a nine to five job in banking. I needed to recreate something that gave me a sense of purpose that potentially gave me some income that made me feel like a gainful person in the world. Um, and most especially that gave me back some sense of service that I was helping other people who had been through what I went through, who maybe didn't understand what was happening in their mind or their body. And that's when I sort of went back to my roots and went, you know what, Anna, you were always a storyteller. You were always in some way, shape or form, taking really high level information, really scary, big things that people are dealing with and mobilizing that into digestible little pockets of information that people can actually tangibly use and take steps forward in their world you can do this storytelling thing. You can do this. And that's where my business was born from, was just being able to say, listen, let's look at what's happened to you in your world. Let's look at what you're good at. Let's look at what you love. Let me coach you through that. And then best of all, let me help you tell that story. So I think one, I mean, it is incredible. It's incredible that you went from banking to saying, I am going to become a storyteller uh when you hear it that way right now because you always I always say to people what are you good at when you know what you're good at you will excel um and and how how are you able to actually get to the place of going I am going to help people create stories to go on stage like I mean it makes perfect sense when you see you and see you do it it is unbelievable, but being able to get to the point where you could math, like, did that take months? Did that take time? Yeah. I, well, it, yes, it took years. Frankly, it took years. Okay. Say it started with the first half of that sentence, which is I will help people. That is all. Mm. I'm just going to help people. And for the, I mean, I think, and I want to sort of put a big period at the end of the sentence as well, is I needed to help myself. So a lot of what I was doing with this work, I didn't realize at the time, it was really under the scope of 
my psychologist at the time was like, this is what we call behavioral activation therapy. And I was like, mm-hmm. great. What does that mean? And he said, you're going to do some things that are going to make you feel more human, going to make you feel more aligned with yourself because you're very yes. disconnected right now. That was the trauma response. This was therapy for me to begin with. It was really therapeutic for me to say, okay, what am I good at? What feels good in my day right now? How can I give myself a sense of accomplishment, a sense of success, a sense of purpose? How can I give myself any sense, frankly, that I am a meaningful, worthwhile human being on planet earth on my darkest days and digging deep and figuring out what are you really good at? What do you really love to do? That's where it started. So it started there. It started in my own kind of my own healing, needing to heal myself first. And as most journeys through healing and awakening, you know, happen is you get to the point where you do your healing and then you immediately turn to service. This is always my marking point for people that have gone through their own work. Once you hit service, I know that the work is done. When you get to that point where you say, I mean, never done, there's always work to do, but to the point where you turn a corner and you say, now I know that the lessons that I've learned in my life can serve another person. And I need to do something with that. That's the point at which you can say, plug in a business plan. Right. Prior to that, it's hobby, it's passion, it's therapy, it's therapeutic. And I just got to that point where I said, okay, now I need to help people. I need this message to turn outward. It is the next logical step in the human experience of finding who we are and what we're meant to do in the world. You can see the difference. You'll know the difference. I can feel you. You're like tearing up (laughs) as we're talking about this because it's what resonates with people that are moving through their own process of healing. That moment, we know it. We know it when we turn to service. And I say this about most storytellers who come through my speaker training programs and go on my stages. The thing they all say every single time is not, I have this story and I need to tell this thing and I need to say it in this exact way. What they say to me is I want other people to know they're not alone. Yes. That's it. That's where it starts. I need other people to know that they're not alone. Great. If you can say that, if you've gotten to that point, I will help you with the words. I can yep. help you with the process to move that message to the masses, to reach the people you need to reach, to turn up the volume on that microphone, to, to support you in whatever process is needed to communicate your purpose to the world. But I can't teach you how to get to that point. That's your work. Yes. I just want other people to know they're not alone. So that's where I was. So I got to the point where I said, I need other people to know they're not alone. And that's when I turned this therapy work into an actual business that was moving stories out in the world in a more tangible and tactical way. And mm-hmm. that started really with unapologetically her. It started and- with this show where I said, let's put women's voices on stage. Let's hand them a microphone and give them an opportunity. Let's shine the light on their experiences the way I needed a light shone on mine. And so what did that look like? What that, like, so you had this vision. So then how many women was it? And what did that entail? Well, unapologetically, her started as a, as a hobby project. It was really, it was, 
I won't say it was nothing. It was a major <laughs> event, but yes. it was not, it was absolutely and utterly not a business when it began. It yep. was meant as let's see what we can do to bring women together in community, to share a story. After year one, I said, wow, there's something here. There are people that this really touched at a deep level. And I had in year one, I had shared my own story on stage. I keynoted the event and I said, this is, and I just went for it. I hung all my dirty laundry out to dry. And I went, let's just see, let's use this as an experiment and see, do people resonate with this depth of vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Do people want to hear about depression and anxiety and its impact on us as women or as human beings? Are these stories that people want to know? And I was flooded with not just people in the room afterwards coming up to me, but re- emails and, and DMs and any everything and anything to reach me where women were saying, I want to do what you just did. And I'm like, tell me what you mean. They said, I want, I, I need to be seen. I need to be heard. I need my story to be told. I can help somebody. I know I can help somebody the way that you helped me. And I went, those are the people I want to help. Okay. Those are the people I want to help, the people who have already turned the corner into service and don't know how to implement that service. Mm-hmm. I'm in service. I want to be in service. I'm ready. Now show me what the next step is. Right. And the best that I can tell you as far as developing the business for, further was that um, it's just what I do. It's, right. it's, the, it's the gift that I have to see a big vision, to be able to piece together the constellation of parts from speakers to entertainment to, you know, I, this needs to live here and this needs to live there. And then all of the other tactical pieces, like, well, I guess we have to sell tickets. I guess that's how that works. Um, Okay. Let's learn ticket software. And all of the tactical elements fell underneath, but the vision was just something I knew how to do. I knew how to put people in rooms together. I knew it was important I knew that the stories needed to be told. I knew what stories needed to be told based on, you know, what was happening in the collective consciousness globally. Like what is the world looking for right now? And those things sometimes are really hard to explain. It's just, it's something that I channel. And I, I just always felt like this is what needs to happen now. And so then, then did it it grew for the next two years after that? Correct. Yeah. And in Vancouver, that can be hard. It's it's very hard. <laughs> yes, it's excruciatingly hard. Excruciating. Yes. So being like, just for listeners who don't know that, like it is it that's very rare that it would grow. It's yeah. We were really, and I still look back on it, and I often say like, you know, I struggle because COVID was what stopped it. It oh, right. Okay. We didn't stop the event. We were moving, like the team was moving. Everything was well gelled and it was a well oiled machine. And then we had COVID. We actually had our last unapologetically her show on, oh gosh, I'm going to say it was like March 7th, I think it was. And by March 10th, the province had like shut down. Wow. So we quite literally squeaked in this event when things were still moving and operating. And I have a very vague memory of us going, should we like bring hand sanitizer because of this COVID thing? It was still a big question mark about its risk factor, whether or not we should be gathering or not gathering. The province hadn't set any expectation around that. We were all just still in guest mode. And we had one hand sanitizer that was like half full 
yeah at the entire event and to this day I at least reported nobody got sick at the event so knock on wood like yeah looking back on it everybody seems to have been fine but we were at a very in a very strange pocket of time so we had this beautiful event that I would describe for sure as our best of the three years the team worked flawlessly the event was just next level we had incredible feedback it just was off the hook and then three days later the province shut down the world shut down and it's never come back so unapologetically her is now this it's this this entity this concept that i juggle i kind of leap between sort of grief around mm. it and the joy of the memory but also really struggling to imagine what its next evolution is or whether right. it just was put to bed and whether it like kind of had its moment in the sun and it lived for a time and a reason in a season and maybe there's another evolution of something of storytelling that needs to exist after that and that's you know I'm at the space between stories right now I don't know what that next evolution looks like but in summary events are very hard <laughs> oh exactly they are very hard but I think listening to you right um and, and knowing just being even in that small circle that we were in um, of how, how connected people are and how much people want to hear a story. Um, we, we hear so much of the TEDx talks and I always, and, and obviously they're amazing. I have this, this dream of um, having more females on stage, more humans on stage um, and however we can get those stories out. And yes, I always get, I, people know I get emotional, but um, there's the idea of once you know, and then we are we are meant to be in service. That is that is the human, the human experience is to be in service. And when once you know that, the drive is there. Um, and then I mean that's just what I always say. It's just once you know that, then you're there, and then you just are there to share. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, and that, um, that's where you plug in the business of it, and you go now yeah. what. And not necessarily to make it profitable business. You don't have to no. be an entrepreneur to be in service, but that's when you plug in the next step. It's like, and now, now how do I translate this service in a way that actually reaches the people I want to support? You want to support a hundred percent. Yeah. And I just remember, um, cause I've been thinking about it as you've been talking, you had shared and I will not share it in the way that you shared it. Um, but this beautiful, and it stayed with me since that day. So just always know that everything you say um, stays with people in, in a way that it'll resonate for them. Um, I think that's always important for people to know their stories last, right? And then get shared again and again and again, um, and how important that is. Um, but you had talked about, um, I think it was like in, in tribes, um, and who is the most not important, but the, the port, the, the, the person in the, do you want to share this? Cause I think you might know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So I think I had shared this sort of as just an offshoot. And this is probably because I was busy in the middle of writing an essay or something probably yeah. about it. And it was part of my scholarly research at the time. Um, but what unsurprisingly I've spent the large majority of my master's program, really digging deeper on storytelling and in particular, it's evolutionary role and function. Mm -hmm. So I know why it matters. I can see it. I can see it when I work with storytellers and I can see it. I can articulate that in a heartfelt way, in a way that I can, I can see your life changing in front of my eyes. I can hear and see the testimonials that say you just changed my life in an hour. I can feel that. And mm -hmm. I, feel that I, I don't 
say that from a place of ego. I can see it from a place of, I can see it happening. I know it's Mm. happening in front of me. I'm witnessing it, but I didn't know if there was science there. And my brain always wants to know, let's let's see if there's science to support what's happening inside the soul. Let's see if you can kind of plug in something from an evolutionary perspective that makes sense here. So I was doing a lot of deep research around the evolutionary role and function of storytelling. And I came across uh, a study that I'm probably going to botch the dates, but it was done in about 2017. A group of researchers uh, traveled into the Agta uh, tribes, the mountains in the Philippines. And they were, what they were attempting to do was actually go into hunter gatherer tribes. So modern hunter gatherer communities to try and get a sense of our earliest ancestors. This was like a good picture that they could paint of what early ancestored our, our early humans were actually doing and yes. they were doing it. So this was the best example that they could find. So they went in and they did many, many, many deep studies. I won't go into all the dragging you through all the qualitative quantitative stuff, but ultimately the findings, what they were trying to assess was like, what's the importance of storytelling in early humans? What are, what's storytelling being used for? And what's the importance of the storyteller inside the tribe and inside the community and the findings were in my opinion very mind-blowing in that essentially they found that something like 60 or 70 percent of people living in these communities would prefer to live in a tribe with a skilled storyteller over a skilled fisher, a skilled hunter, a skilled tuber. So again, I'm probably botching this and I'll I'll send you a link so that everybody can read this scholarly article and get it all right. But ultimately what we're saying is that the importance of the storyteller is almost more important and is more important in many ways than the role of somebody who's actually feeding you. Yes. So nourishing your life and your mind and your body and your world with story is equally if not more important to human evolution than eating yes which as a storyteller I find incredibly fascinating I love it because it backs up what I've been feeling anyway Uh, and there's many theories that suggest that this is because cooperation in a tribe is actually developed through the art of storytelling and the act of storytelling. And therefore we eat better because we are cooperating more and we're getting more food. So all of these things are interrelated and interconnected. They don't live on their own planets, but uh, I just think it's really important for us to understand when we are telling our stories and sharing our stories, how important it is that we take the wisdom that we've learned in our life and in our past, where do we find the best food, for example, And being able to translate that and communicate that and share that with our communities, it's kind of our birthright. It's what we do. It's the reason, at least I believe, that human beings were given language. Why do do we have language and other animals don't? That's something that separates us from other beings. So being able to actually actively express ourselves is important to human evolution. To take what we've learned and imagine a future And then connect those two dots together and say, I can tell you that based on what I've learned, based on what I've experienced, based on what I can imagine may happen to you, here's a story that can possibly help. And isn't that what we're all doing when we hold a TED Talk microphone or we, you know, show up at mom camp and do a presentation, we're taking all of our wisdom and learnings from our past experiences. And we're translating that because we can imagine how it can help another person. 
Mm-hmm. So I now know kind of from a scholarly perspective and from a science perspective, what I already knew in my heart and soul anyway, which is the power that story holds, the power of communication and being able to communicate well. And now through, you know, through my education, but also just through my natural gifts and talents and things that I come by naturally and thank my parents for, I'm able to actually help people do that and to communicate all of the things that they've learned all of the things that they know, all the things that are important and piece that together in a way that not just sounds right to them and tells their story well, but actually makes sense to the listener. Yes. That resonates to an audience that it's not going to land on, on, you know, it's not just going to fall flat on the floor. The audience is going to pick that up and they're going to feel it and they're going to allow it to heal them because of the way it's told. So knowing that communication is kind of a two-way street is important as well well uh, yeah and almost like a three-way street I don't know if that makes sense but it's like the listener the the person speaking and then the energy within the middle as well right um and I think it's it's that's also true there were so many things that were coming in as you were talking um that just uh, it all it all makes sense it's even like our younger children and my backgrounds in early childhood education and I've always um, spoken so much um, and I know everybody has an opinion but just on the relevance of um, social interaction and and just being able to sit and communicate even while they're eating we don't yeah everything is a story and um, but I'm going to go back again to your time the and I've only seen you the one time there, but I know other people who've talked about you. So I'm, I'm stretching it out, knowing that what you do is <laughs> much grander given all of the things so I've just seen you the one time, but I witnessed you with 40 people there. Um, and so it was just one example of a person who was saying, I have no story, like, um, and was just saying like, oh, I don't have a story to share. Like really nothing's really happened in my life. Like, uh, and um, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, And the way you were able to um, go to that person and it was in a matter of like five minutes, go into that space with her. We're all sitting there. And it was a profound moment of how this woman um, who was on like a, at the sky train and had stopped a person by smiling at them from committing suicide. Like it was such a profound moment, how you were able to just by certain words you asked, certain phrases you, I don't even know how you did what you did, um, <laughs> but it was so beautiful how you were able to just like, is that just years of work training? How, uh, it's, you know what? It's a, such a great question, Cindy, because I've been, and I get asked this all the time is like, how do you do what you do? Or like, where yeah. from? or can I learn that thing? Or, and, and also can you kind of put this down into a prescription so that we can teach it? And I'm like, I really can't. No, I can't because there's two things that are going on. One is that I understand the technical aspects of communication. Mm-hmm. That's one piece. And that can be taught. I can, I can tell you how communication works. And I can tell you what, you know, uh, the different, even as you said, there's like a speaker and then there's a listener and then there's the energy in between all of that can kind of be prescribed around from a more scholarly perspective. I can walk you through uh, deep inquiry 
and one of the people I've learned from is uh, Gabor Matei, who does compassionate inquiry. So I've learned his inquiry method as well. And I kind of have, I'm inspired by him a lot and inspired by his work. Um, but I, and then I've trained with Deepak Chopra. So I've really gone the distance as far as the more consciousness-based approach. And he's that, you know, he really does bring the science and the soul together as far as, um, you know, all of those pieces. So can I put all of that together into a curriculum and tell you that all of those things combined and my learning and, and kind of actively soaking my brain with new knowledge and wisdom can be distilled down into a process? Probably. But the part that's the intangible is, is what I would consider my own gifts. And I had, I was given a diagnosis of giftedness when I was about 11. Mm. I've never understood what it meant. I, it was the eighties. My parents patted me on the back as did all of the teachers and said, congratulations, your life will be easy. And they were very, very wrong. It has been very hard <laughs> as a result of that being a diagnosis of neurodivergency that is really misunderstood and not well understood about what the kind of gifted brain spectrum does and how it operates. And so it's one of the places that I do a lot of personal development work and discovery around now and noticing how divergent my brain actually is and how I can see, I see nuance in things that most people don't even believe there's nuance there. And I'm, I'm ultra dissecting the nuance at every level. I see everything from a bird's eye view. It's like, I can look at the world and see all of the moving parts and components and somehow find the space in between. So those are the things that are the intangibles. It's how I, I can't describe when I look at a person, I already know what's in between. I just, and then I use the process, the kind of scholarly, more process oriented side to actually work my way to get there and to build the questions to get there. But I know when I meet somebody, when they tell me a sh very short statement about their life, I automatically know many, 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 many other things about them. And I don't know how to describe that. My, you do, you probably do better than I do because I, I try and make a process out of it. Uh, it is, it's intuitive. It's, I, I just see the spaces. I really understand. I've done a lot of psychology training. I consider myself a human behavior expert. So when I see somebody showing up in a certain way, I can usually figure out that there's probably at least three contributing factors that are making them show up in the world, the way that they show up. So I can start to dissect that. Uh, and then the other big piece that I think that is just a really nice takeaway for people is that, uh, and something I search for constantly is there are some human universals. Mm -hmm. Truth is subjective. I think human truth is not a universal, but I do think that there are universal components and aspects in our humanity, in who we are. It's why I'm obsessed with evolutionary uh, science and psychology, because I do think there are things that connect us as human beings. And one of those things is our human needs. So we do have essential human needs like acceptance, like acknowledgement, like appreciation, like affection. So all of those pieces, I usually can figure out what the need is underneath the statement. And then we just find a way to get there. And once we establish their need and what their need is, we can usually see where their service point activates. What is it that you're trying to help other people? Is it that you're trying to help other people see that they are worthy or that they are accepted or that their story matters? There's a, there's a, a universal okay. in that. And so this is the very long-winded way of saying, uh, I have absolutely no idea how to replicate what I do. Uh, it's the answer that we're reaching for here is 
if I look back at my entire life and if we had hours and hours and hours and days to record this podcast and I just walked you through my entire life history and everything that I've been through, mm-hmm. I would tell you that outside of like war and famine and torture and horrendous situations I, I hope never to experience and I wish ex- were experienced much less by like other humans on the planet, I've been through an awful lot. I've really experienced some dark corners. I've experienced some really high highs. I've experienced immense joy, but I've also seen uh, disease and I've seen addiction and I've seen neurodivergency and I've seen disability in a major way. I've seen uh, financial stress and trauma. I've seen poverty. I've seen all sorts of experiences in my world. I've witnessed them personally firsthand and whether or not I ever process them necessarily as traumas in the moment, or if I didn't process them as trauma at all, and it was just an experience I took in, my cells have have absorbed a lot of information about how to move through certain uh, experiences in the world. So often when I hear a story or I hear somebody talking about their experience, I've already been there emotionally. I've actually been where you've been. And I know what it feels like in your body right now. And when I see you showing up and when I see uh, you say a certain word and a tear comes with it, I would say tears are where the truth lives. I can identify that as the deeper truth. And that's where I'm going to dig. So I want to go, that's where I want to go a little deeper because I can feel that there's something in that for you that's either unresolved or that's so true. And you don't yet know how to articulate how true that really is. Yes. Why does that mean so much? Why is that bringing me to actual tears? It's creating a tenderness in my throat to even speak about it. And often it's the most mundane thing that you don't imagine has any depth or like, or meat to it. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I go, that's the depth. That's the one, like my sparks start to fly. My brain starts to light up. The star shines down on me. That's the moment that I go, I can see you. I see you. I see you. Yes and see into this. And now we just have to find the words. Now we find the words and then we plug it all together. But yeah, I think, I mean, I'm uh, speaking of wordy, I'm always rambling, but the point is, is that I think the more we experience in the world, the more we see in other people, the more we're able to help other people. So never really running from the moments that we are in our darkness being able to, I hate saying sit through it because ultimately it's never a choice to sit in darkness. It's an acute trauma response. We are in the darkness and we need to work through it. We need to figure out how to get there. Um, But those are the things that have brought me to what I do now. And why am I, why do I see people? It's because I hope to be seen in some way or that I have at one point in my life experienced being seen and being carried through a moment and I want to carry somebody else. So Uh, I can't exchange my life experience for, I can read a million scholarly articles and trust me in the last 18 months I have, I think I'm just, I'm five shy of a million at this point. And my brain is absolutely mush. Uh, But those are the things you can't teach. I think it's the only way to learn those things is through other people's stories, through telling your own. I I know I agree. And I love it all. I think, um, and thank you. It's, I, I, uh, there's one statement, Dr. Sue Mortar said, I don't know if you know, um, Dr. Sue Mortar, she's a beautiful energy, um, doctor. Um, mm-hmm. but she said, 
share your story three times from pain and then share it to learn to teach others. Mm. And um, it, it always resonated with me because I always think, am I sharing this story from pain anymore? Or now am I sharing it to teach? Mm. And, uh, and there's a shift in how you share your story. Um, it's the shift of perspective. It's the shift of how you are, um, you know, no longer do I need to be little anyone in this story. No longer do I need to. Now this is all of us as equals in this story of this chapter of my life. And this was, this is now I know I'm healthy. I've shared it three times. I love that. That's a really, really, really nice perspective. And I think it's, I mean, it's true for when we're, I'm going to go back to this example that you brought up of somebody saying, I don't have a story. Mm -hmm. I don't have a story. And I think you actually are the story. Yes. Right. It's not about having a story. You are a story. Everything that happens to you in your world. Once you wake up in the morning, you start a new story every single day. Yes. But are you aware of what's happening to you? Are you processing what's happened to you? What are you making those experiences mean? And that's the turning point from, and I think I said this recently in a talk, and probably lives on my social media somewhere, is the difference between an experience and a story. Yes. An experience is what happens to us. And we are constantly, we are, I am having this conversation with you right now, but I'm also looking at certain things in my environment. I'm hearing certain sounds. These are all experiences that are happening to me, who is also an experience happening in consciousness as well. I am also an experience. So we are all like living experiences. The story is when we actually translate that with meaning. What am I making that mean? So it's just a little like it's a I can imagine it like a little light switch in the brain where you go, I'm just going to turn on my awareness now, click. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be more aware of what I'm looking at. There's a coffee pot in front of me. Yeah. Why is there a coffee pot there? What is the meaning of that coffee pot? It tells me a story about a very tired mother who's working (gasps) a lot, right? Or it tells me a story of community where people gather. Or it's just the experience of a coffee pot sitting on a counter. It's up to you to decide whether you are an experience having experiences or whether you are an experience that wants to become a storyteller. Mm. Flick the switch, click into awareness, what's happening and why, what's happening, but why, but why, but why, what does this mean? What can it mean to others? What can I share about this experience? That's it. It's a really subtle difference. But as soon as you do it, you all of a sudden go, you're right. Actually, I am the story. I'm the experience. Things are happening right now. I just haven't yet made the decision Mm -hmm. to to become a storyteller or I haven't yet found the meaning in this thing. That's neither a good thing or a bad thing. It's It's just is what it is. Have I found the meaning in this thing that happened? That is so great. Yeah. So that's, I mean- if we want this as like a, a takeaway, because I always try yeah, to I was just gonna say that's I try, try and give something. But if you say I don't have a story, then go back to the first question, which is what has happened to me or what have I experienced. Let's just start there. Make just make a real grab a notebook and a pen and say what have I experienced. In my speaker training program, we do what we call uh, like life timelines. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, let's pull up your experiences first. Let's start there. Yeah. Because immediately, if I give you life timeline, I mean, I won't even ask yeah. you, but I am forty. My life timeline, if I spent time on it, would be very, 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 very long. 
all of the different things that come up, but what human beings do is we parcel it out. So what we remember, what our brains will retrieve are the emotional experiences that actually stuck with us. We don't okay. necessarily retrieve the time that we walk past a coffee maker on the counter. Memory is not about storage, it's about retrieval, right? So we pull right. up what is emotionally compelling, what resonated with us, what stuck with us. So we distill that down to 10 experiences. And now you say, which one, which, which one do you want to create meaning out of? Right. That's a deeper process of, of discovery and inquiry and what lives inside those experiences too. But I mean, it's, it can be as simple as that. Write down your experiences. Let's start there. Yes. And make it mean something. Oh. I'm, over, I'm really oversimplifying my program. No, 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 but you know what? I, I mean, we'll leave it at that just given our time, but I think that is, um, to me, what I always say to people um, is it's the in-between moments that actually are your life. And um, we focus on those 10 experience and keep them as the lightest and brightest. But truly when you begin to, to actually look at your life, it is the coffee pot and it is the cozy socks and it is the driving back and forth to school where you have the conversations and you're listening to the 90s music when you look at your life and your 40 or 46 years of living that is the life it's not the the one experience and so when what where do you put the light to you can put all the light on that one day or you can put all the light on the 44 years of coffee and cozy socks Absolutely. And the choice is yours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Thank you. That was a great conversation. So now I'm going to put the link where people can find you. And I know that right now um, you are head in the game, which is good because it'll mean more for people when you come back out. Um, where can people find you to, to see you? You can find me on Instagram right now is at unapologetic Anna and yeah. my website is annamullinsofficial.com. Okay. And then you can find what I'm doing. And as new things come up, then they will arise online. And unapologeticstories.com is the podcast as well, which is just me asking a lot of questions, doing my deep digging and diving and people telling their stories as well. And there's so, some great I'm stories over the place. Yes. All over the place. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. It's been so super, super fun. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much for leaning in today and make some time for yourself, for some cozy socks and perhaps for paying it forward to somebody else. Perhaps it will be a smile, a look in somebody's eyes, or maybe driving through a coffee shop and buying for the car behind you. There are so many ways that we can ripple effect the idea of love, of kindness, and of gentleness. It continues to grow and grow with every thought, action, and word we do and say. It's all about the in-between little moments that make this life so special. Enjoy the bliss and enjoy the mess because they are both all that we have. Mm -hmm.